Hi, this is Wendy. And this is Debbie. Welcome to Nourish Noshes, where we talk all things food and health and what's nourishing for us. And I'll tell you what was not very nourishing for us was taking a four-hour exam. <laughs> <laughs> and if, that, if anyone saw our uh, post-exam photo, you could see how how tired I was. This is Wendy, by the way. Um, it was quite exhausting. It was pretty intense process to study. Yeah. So, you know, m- some people might not know about that, um, but some people may know that we took took an exam. We just uh, last Friday, so on the 15th of October, we took a national board certification exam for becoming health and wellness coaches. Now, we already are health and wellness coaches, but this exam will, if we passed, which we assume we did, will certify us nationally, board certified, to be and it's, practicing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's upping our game. It's delineating us from uh, many other you know, health coaches uh, down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Who might be perfectly good health coaches, but this is really the idea behind this is to somewhat regulate the health and wellness coaching field to make sure that we're really doing our coaching, that we're doing what we're out there to do uh, in a, in a way that is consistent with what the national health coaches board believes is the best practices to help people. And I do believe at the end end of the day that I'm a better coach because of all the studying we did and the extensive program we went through back October through March of 20 into 21. Right. I do believe I have a better understanding of the motivational interviewing, you know, just the the best way of being a coach and the approach and the partnership that we have with our clients. Yeah. And, and one of the things you and I have talked about often is this idea that we're really drawn to the coaching model instead of some of the other models, like the nutritionist model or the RD model or, you know, the dietitian model. Right. And none of those, none of them are wrong models. They're all, you know, helpful models. The reason why we are drawn so much to the coaching model is because it's really a partnership. And we so believe that you have the inst- you know, most of the answers, you know, you, you might need some education, you might need some accountability, you might uh, feel like you can't do it alone. And you might want some new information. And that's where we come in. Yeah, the idea is to really get people to be able to have a healthy lifestyle on their own, sustainably for the rest of their life to not need us. And that's what coaching is about is to get people to be autonomous in that their health and lifestyle skills so that they they know the answers and they trust themselves to know the answers of what works for them as an individual. So one of the things we did often during our conversations when we were studying was think, oh, what a great question to ask our clients. And oh, do you remember when we had this conversation during our group? And we had a lot of good, we got a lot of good ideas for our upcoming group that is kicking off October 27th. Yeah, definitely. We wrote a lot of good notes and we're so excited to, it's like we're at our prime of coaching right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and that's what continuing education does for us, right? It's growth mindset. And I think that's why we love coaching too, is that we help our clients rediscover that growth mindset that is intrinsic with most of us. I see that with clients, don't you? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everybody wants to grow, you know, and it's a matter of where they are in their journey, but um, that's, that's the ideal. But it wasn't comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable making changes. And it wasn't comfortable having to adjust our schedule to take the course, to take the test and to study, to take the test. We had to push a lot aside to study and that wasn't comfortable at all because it wasn't something that we naturally wanted to do, but we both agreed that it made us better. Yeah. And that's an analogy for a lot of what we want our clients to do. (laughs) Exactly. Because people come to us because they want to feel better. Yep. And, you know, there's this cartoon that my husband showed with me recently, and it's, it's a speaker at the podium and he's got this big audience and he said, who here wants change? And everyone raised their hand. And then he said, who here wants to change? And no one raised their hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that. You can put that comic in the show notes because I think that's a good one. Yeah. And it really is. It's uh, it's, it's actually having the courage, right? Because there's a lot of bravery and courage to go on a journey of, transformation of your health. And maybe it's a mini transformation. Maybe it's a big one. Yeah. It's not easy and it's uncomfortable to make changes to transform yourself. But damn, do I feel good about spending all that time studying Yep. Yep. and being able to, you know, put on on our website in eight weeks that we're sort of, you know, nationally board certified. I mean, that, that feels good. Yep. That feels good. But that's also here. That's another analogy. Change doesn't happen overnight, you know, so you might have to do a lot of work and not get the results until eight weeks later (laughs) or longer. longer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a dose of patience for sure. And that that's something that we don't train for today. Right. It's not in our culture anymore. We have an instant culture and it's That's what it makes it especially hard, I think, for a lot of people, because we've gotten accustomed to getting things instantly. And this is never going to change. Changing our bodies and our habits are never going to be instant. No, they aren't. And the minute we wrap our head around that and accept that idea that change can be wonderful and opening and beautiful and hard all at the same time. It's kind of like, yes, and right. Yes, it's hard. And yes, it's worth it. One of the things that really slipped up for me was my movement pattern. I got my walk in, you know, six out of seven days, but I didn't get my strength training in, uh, I did get my dancing in, but my yoga was canceled a couple of times. And so my movement really wasn't stellar. My food was really good. I I felt really good about my food choices, but my movement was off and it I really felt it in my body. It was just very interesting what I actually negotiated away when uh, I felt like this was the most important thing on my plate. And it was a lesson learned because I really, I did slip backwards in my strength over the last month, I would say. So that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it actually wasn't over the, the last month. It was just over the last say week and a half, two weeks that I really intensive studying time. Yeah, the intense towards the end. Right. Um, but when I went back to the bench, it was harder. So how how about you, Debbie? Did you find 
you were negotiating away any of your habits that you that you love that are very nourishing for you? Did you negotiate any of them away in these last couple of weeks of intense studying? Um, I was thinking about that when you were talking about that, because I did get a lot of my workouts in. I The one thing that probably suffered, which is probably one of my favorite things in the world, was um, playing tennis. I, I had to adjust my tennis schedule and not play as much, which means I think I only played once a week and that wasn't enough for me. <laughs> but that was the one thing that I negotiated because I really made it a concerted effort to not negotiate away my activity level as far as working out goes and strength training and walking. Um, and part, part of that is I can't because I have a dog and that's one of my activities is walking her a couple miles a day, two times. So that was not negotiated and my workouts were not negotiated, but my tennis was, um, my eating was not, I'd have to say was not as stellar as it usually is. And I hadn't thought about that until you were talking about it. And I think I probably let go a little bit saying to myself, you know, I don't have to be so strict with myself because I'm studying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really the opposite. And towards the end, the last few days before the test, I actually amped it up and was eating really well. Um, sort of, I kind of tripled my vegetable intake on purpose, knowing that I needed that brain power. But I'd like to say that I eat like that every day and I want to eat like that every day. So um, I thought about kind of changing my mindset instead of saying I need to eat better because I'm taking a test or because of this is that I need to eat better all of the time because I want to be great all of the time. And there you are. Your nourished coaches are human. <laughs> <laughs> we are human too. And so right. when we slip up, one of the things that is good about being in this field is that we have coached so many people about this idea of self-compassion mm -hmm. and curiosity so that when we do slip up or negotiate things away that are so important to us, we recognize it may perhaps much more quickly and we just recorrect yep. instead of. We correct with curiosity and um, that's a habit that took a while to get for sure. Yeah. And it's not a hundred percent. Sometimes I still beat myself up with that inner critic and sure. Um, so that's a lot of the stuff that we work with our clients. That's what we're going to be talking about in our group next week. It's that's one of the hardest things is that self-compassion. We want to start, especially when we're interviewing people, we're going to start asking them this question. And we're going to ask each other this question because we think it's, it's kind of a neat question. And the question is, what is your one non-negotiable health habit? So Wendy, what is yours? You know, it's a toss up for me with real whole food, and my movement. Those are the two kind of non-negotiables for me. They really, the more real whole food that's in my diet, just the, I mean, it's food is energy and so movement's energy. So those are, those are my top two. Okay. I guess I'm, my non-negotiable is a little bit more refined. Um, I agree with yours for sure. Um, but to refine it a little bit more, one of my non-negotiables is my choices of organic foods that I won't negotiate with, which one of them, and there's a few of them, but I'll start with this one is that I will not buy or eat fruit, 
such as apples or berries that are not organic because they're pretty heavily sprayed. So that's one of my non-negotiables. I will always eat those organic or not eat them at all. Yeah, it's interesting when I'm at a social event and I make an assumption usually that it's not organic and right. I don't eat it, you know, just, just because of that very reason. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And that said, I'm sure I have eaten non-organic fruits at times, especially in social occasions here and there. Um, but that's something that I am always hundred percent conscious of because it's important to me to keep those chemicals out of my body. So we're super curious, what is one of your non-negotiables? And we'd love to hear from you. So connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and sign up for our newsletter. And we look forward to continuing the conversation about how to stay our vital selves in today's world.